Welcome to Church Online. I am so excited that you have joined us this morning. I'm Pastor Matt. I pray that our worship will be exciting and uplifting. I pray that the ministry of the Word will work in your heart and that the Lord will do something special. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the service. This, this sermon starts the discussion about the Holy Spirit. And there is some good stuff. I mean, interesting things. And so <laughs> I would say some of you, if you come from a more Baptist tradition, uh, th- this is going to be um, uncharted territory for you. Uh, if I were to uh, approach this text maybe five, ten years ago, uh, I would not be saying the things that I'm going to say this time around. Uh, and, and I know it's no mystery that a lot of you that have known me for a long time know that I have shifted and changed and uh, you know, don't mistake this, the Lord has never changed. Well, you changed, you, you mo- you're right, <laughs> and I'll probably continue to change the rest of my life because I'm not perfect, and because the Lord teaches me and instructs me, and, and hopefully you're growing in your relationship. Would you agree? Are, are you growing in your relationship? So sometimes uh, change is necessary, and so there, there are things that, uh, man, I have seen different ways, and, and I believe that we all grow, and, and we all, good to see you, Clay, glad you're here. <laughs> On that note, uh, we, we love babies here, and them uh, crying and making noise, that means our church is growing, right? What we don't like is cell phones, so please silence your cell phones, and uh, let's do the things that we can do uh, to prevent distraction, but I'll say this. Uh, We will approach this text from a different way, a different perspective than I would have approached it in the past. I'll say this, I don't, I don't know, thank you so much, I don't know that, um, I don't know that it'll answer all your questions, Uh, but hopefully and prayerfully it will encourage you to go to the Word of God and study it really for yourself, and, and hopefully this sparks. We can't cover in 45 minutes, just kidding, 20 minutes. We can't cover in an hour and a half sermon, no, uh, we, we can't cover that in, just in, in one sitting, all that you need to unpack for your own life, and, and hopefully the sermons will uh, lead you into the Word of God, it will help you, it will expose you to the truths that are there, but you have to do some work as well. Um, but uh, let me let you in on some of the things that the Lord is doing in my heart and in my life and what I believe Paul is teaching. How many of you have learned some things through this First Corinthians study? It's been a help. It's hopefully, yeah, amen. Uh, There's just some interesting things that Paul is saying and doing. And for us, uh, here's a statement uh, that I've heard recently that I really like. Paul, uh, let's see, the Lord spoke to Paul in in his ways, in his days, in his time. So we have to understand that during Paul's time, it had to be in his ways, in, in his time, and if he didn't do that, would Paul have understood it? And, and I feel like we kind of like, when we stop and think about like Bible interpretation, it makes sense, right? You go, well, it had to make sense to Paul and it had to make sense to those people during that time and in their context because if it didn't, it wouldn't change their life. So why are we constantly trying to force it into a mold for 2021 because we think it should be this sort of way when he chose to reveal himself in his days, in his ways. So it would, it would do us some good to study and figure out what they thought, what they believed, what their perspective was, because that's the time when the Lord chose to reveal himself. 
If the Lord chose to reveal himself in 2021, it would probably look a little different, yes? That's a novel idea, isn't it? But yet we go to the text in the morning and we're like, okay, what do you got for me today, Lord? Now concerning spiritual gifts. And we like literally like make it 2021. It was 2,000 years ago. They dressed different, they acted different, they talked different. Like, think about how much, this is interesting, right? Think about 20 years ago. What was 20 years ago? Let's see. I was like in high school. (laughs) I was like 14 or something, yeah. (laughs) Everybody's like, oh my gosh, you could be my, I know I've heard it all. I could be your grandkid. You probably have grandchildren older than me, and that's okay. Uh, Don't let anybody despise your youth, Paul said to Timothy. But I think back 20 years ago, and this is legit, right? Think back 20 years ago. Like when I was in junior high and high school, and think about the junior hires that just left a few minutes ago. <laughs> There's a huge difference. And I'm not knocking junior high and high school now, but I mean, these kids got like wireless earbuds in there, and they're probably not even listening to you right now. <laughs> they're probably listening to their own music, or they're, they're watching a movie. And in my time, like, Think about the ramp of technology in the last 20 years. I had to go home, sit on the desktop that cost like $4,000 and hear, you feel me? 20 years. That's still, I remember when AOL was on a CD. Do you remember that? And then we'd get them in the mail. I mean, that's amazing. We would get AOL in the mail. No one sends me mail like that anymore. 20 years, things have changed so much, so much. The internet has changed so much. I remember like Duke Nukem, when it was Duke Nukem, not whatever it is today, I don't even know. It's like Demon Slayer thing, I don't know. It's crazy. But like, stuff has changed so much. 20 years, and the lingo, the perspective, it's all changed. 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, we, we got to learn a little bit. We have to grow a little bit. You mean I have to study? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. You, you, you need to. Uh, so anyway, I say all that to say, forgive my annoying cough drop flipping in my mouth. It's my first time with a cough drop in my mouth in a long time. I'll get chastised by my wife later. Stop that. It's so annoying. It's distracting. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just doing that so I can get a drink of my coffee. Thank you for humoring me. Anyway, uh, this is going to be good. I, I'm, I'm stalling a little bit. I'm nervous. I'm anxious. Not really, but uh, moving into this realm of the Holy Spirit from a Baptist background is daunting. We just, as, as Trinitarian as Baptists say they are, really they're not. Really they accept the Holy Spirit as a member of the Trinity, but they don't really want him to do anything. They, they want him to kind of stay there and like, you just look pretty, you know, like they want Jesus to just look pretty on the cross, but they don't want him in their life telling them the things that they need to do, right? So we're gonna see a different perspective. And so I encourage you to listen, open your mind and your heart. Some of you, this, will, this won't be enough. Some of you will be like, no, that's not enough. We, we want more uh, because your background is different. But um, wherever you're landing, 
let's approach this with the same grace and mercy that the Lord gives to us, and let's receive something today. Father, I pray that you will open your word in our hearts, that we would be good soil, that it would take root, that we would be changed and different. Father, give us your spirit in a special way. Illuminate our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, we're going uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. And before we read that, the most apparent thematic link in Paul's mention here of his preaching as demonstration of the Spirit, chapter 2, verse 5. And, and so some of these things, remember, he's, he's trickled them through. He's sprinkled themes through the book already. Remember last week how he had heard some things from Chloe's people in chapter 1, and that kind of trickled through to chapter 11? The same thing has happened with the Spirit. So, which paves the way for his exposition of, remember, the wisdom of God as hidden from those who belong to this age, but now revealed to us through the Spirit of God. That was chapter 2, verse 6 through 10. So, I'm calling to your memory here moments throughout our study where he has mentioned the Spirit. The Spirit makes known the wisdom of God, reveals those things freely given by God, chapter 2, verse 12. Man in his natural state, all of this is in the program, by the way. Man in his natural state is not able to receive the things of the Spirit of God, chapter 2, verse 14. Only the spiritual person, and this is an excerpt from the commentary, but we, I air quote that, right? Only the spiritual person is able to properly judge all things, chapter 2, verse 15. This revelatory role of the Spirit is Paul's first matter of emphasis in chapter 12, 1 through 3. So his first matter of emphasis is the Spirit's role in the revelation that God has given us. How many know that the Lord has revelation for us? Has things that he wants us to see? And, and, and uh, that, that's contrary to, the, to some of uh, the way that we were raised. Oh no, God doesn't have revelation because he's given us everything that he has to say. Well then why would this be an active relationship with the Holy Spirit? Now, and it is the obvious thing to point out that they didn't have uh, the full word of God. He's writing it right now, right? So that there is a little difference, but as we continue, we must see that a spiritual person is able to properly judge all things in chapter 215. Furthermore, as noted above, the key term spiritual persons opens and closes the discussion, chapter 12, verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to chapter 14, verse 37. That identifies the central issue in Corinth, namely, which means, uh, which it means to be spiritual, which is really the topic. Furthermore, in connection with the identification of the church as the dwelling place of the Spirit, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, Paul employs the language and imagery of building up the church in relation to church leaders and God's wisdom in chapter 3. The church as God's building and wisely building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ anticipates the strong emphasis on edification in chapter 14. So this is like, I feel like that's a really good excerpt for you to go back and munch on as it pertains to what Paul is doing here in chapter 12 and how it relates to the past verses that he's kind of talked about it sprinkled throughout the book. Now let's read our text. Take your Bibles and turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And if you need it in the program, I've pasted it in there, and it's there. So, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be unaware. You know, uh, you, you know that you were pagans. You used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. 
Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord. What, what's the next, the next words here? By the Holy Spirit, except by the Holy Spirit. So I, I want to just stop along the way. I'll just do it for a second here. But in other words, when we say simply Jesus, we can't say that without the power of who? The Holy Spirit. Verse number four. Now there are different gifts. Now I want to point something out to you here. Verse number one, now concerning spiritual what? Gifts. Look at verse number four. Now there are different what? Gifts. The King, well, not King James 2, but this is a CSB. Um, but the translators use the same word, but it's not the same word. But the same what? Spirit. In verse number four. Look at verse five. There are different ministries, but the same who? Lord. That is, that's so key. The same Lord. He's using different terms. He, he's building really the case of the Trinity, right? That, that Trinitarian perspective is what he's doing, uh, but he's doing it in, in such a beautiful way. Look at verse number six. And there are different activities, but the same what? God. Reinforcing this. Works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. I love that. Look at verse number eight. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another interpretation of tongues. We'll stop right here at verse 11. One and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as who? He wills. Now, that's what we're going to handle this morning. The title of the message is, Am I Spiritual? Am I Spiritual? We're not going to get into the giftings. We're not going to get in. We will in, in coming weeks. But today, I'm just laying some groundwork. Are you with me? We're, we're building a foundation we're going we're gonna to start here in verse number uh, 1 through 11, really 1 through 3, and then on through verse 11, and, and, and pray that the Lord will do this in your heart, will lay the foundation. How many want to be the same Christian today that you'll be, and, and I know you could take this both ways, but how many want a stagnant relationship with the Lord? You just want it to stay the same your whole life. Anybody? How many want to grow in it? How many want to be different in 10 years than where you are right now? Yeah, I want to be different. I want to be changed. Steve wants to be changed. I love it when you're here. Listen, if you want to be different, if you want to be changed, then you have to, you, you have to be introduced to this person, the Holy Spirit. If you're not, you're going to be the same. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not changing I don't know where that came from. Look, we all know those churches that are dead. That ain't this one. I mean, it has been in the past, but we're headed out of that. <laughs> Just kidding. It's never been dead. But the point is, is if, you, if you want these gifts, if you want this relationship that is exciting, here's like, <laughs> let me pull back the curtain a little bit, babe, but you know, in a marriage, after you're married like more than six months, <laughs> the newness like wears off, right? 
I'm, I'm being facetious. He wants his brownie points. Did he get them? Okay, great. Give him that. No, he didn't. I'm the same guy. No, anyway. All the husbands, yeah. Cheap shot, Dale. Cheap shot. No, here, here's the thing. It's like giving gifts, right? Some, some, I don't know of a woman that that's not her love language. Give me gifts. Dress me up. Right. There are some. Just for sake of illustration, you're a lucky man, Mr. Dave. You're a lucky man. No. But here's my thought. It's like, look, when you want to pour into your relationship, husbands, give your wife a gift. I'm going to do it today because it's been like at least a year. Sorry, babe. No. Get them flowers. Like, give them gifts. The Bible says that our God is a good God, and every gift, every perfect gift comes from above, sent down from the Father of lights, of whom there is no variableness. So we understand that that keeps the relationship fresh. When was the last time you gave your wife a gift? And everybody was like, oh. But what if in your relationship with the same God, the same yesterday, today, he is the same. All may change, but Jesus never glory to his name. What if he has been trying to change you? What if he has been trying to give you good gifts, but you didn't have the process to receive them? Then you have the same stagnant relationship. And I'll say this, there are good people there are good Christians that live in that their whole entire life, and I've lived there for a long time. And you can live there where you just receive the gift of salvation and you pretty much stay the same. We've all met them. We've all been around them. But there's more. Oh, wait. There's more. There's more to this thing. So the first thing I want to point out that stood out to me when I was diving in here is that the word gifts is two different words in, in the Greek. Which means that Paul is trying to tell us what? Two different things. So if you look at chapter 12, verse number one, let's dive in here. Now concerning spiritual what? Pneumatikos, and I know I'm trashing that transliteration, bear with me. Pneumatikos, one of these days I'll go to seminary. Pneumatikos is this idea of a spiritual person. Yes, and you'll, you'll find this, this spiritual gift language throughout your study Bibles, but when you really dig into it, it carries a different connotation. Now, concerning spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts comes from one Greek word, pneumatikos, not spiritual gifts. And that pneumatikos, now concerning pneumatikos, what Paul is saying, now concerning being spiritual. Now concerning being spiritual. Why do I think that's important? There's a difference between being spiritual and having a spiritual gift. There's a huge difference. So, so if I read this text and say, now concerning charisma, which is verse number four, now there are different gifts, that's charisma. If we put that word up there in verse number one, now concerning charisma or brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be unaware. Paul's not saying now concerning your specific gifts, Paul is first concerned with you understanding what it means to be spiritual. Now, now concerning brothers and sisters, what it means to be spiritual. And, and so the question here this morning, really the, the prevailing question should be in your mind, am I spiritual? We pull up with these two words, and the first one 
Pneumatikos is, do you understand what it means to be spiritual? And I would say for many Christians, the answer would be no. No. What does that mean to you? Have you how many have ever asked themselves that question? Am I a spiritual person? How do I define that? Am, am I someone that someone else would consider to be spiritual? So this is the first thing is seeing the difference between pneumatikos, a spiritual person, and verse number four, what we would call a spiritual gift that is, here's, here's the word related, I love this, grace. Charisma is a present grace in your life that has been received in gift form. Where else have we heard something like that? Where else has Paul used language about a gift being grace? Anybody know? Anybody else? Maybe the book of Romans? Romans 6.23? What's that one say? For the wage of sin is death, but the, but the gift. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What he's saying here, verse number four, now there are different, what? Gifts. Different ones. Not just the one that you received for salvation, which was a, a gift of grace, which was a gift that, that was uh, not of your doing, a gift that was bestowed or, or rested on you, not because of what you did, but because of what? What he did. So Paul is continuing in this language of gift, charisma, uh, you know, this, this idea that there is a free gift. If you read Romans chapter five, there's an exchange often about this free gift. Go back and read it, where Paul is over and over reiterating this idea that you received something for salvation. What I'm trying to, to show you is that he's, he's using the same thought process, the same line of thinking for you to be a spiritual person, person is the same line of thinking that you use to receive salvation. So when we received salvation, for some of us, we received it, and then we were good. I'm going to heaven. I got my golden ticket, punch it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's more to the story. There's more to the grace. There, there's more to the gift. There, there's more to this word, charisma, where, where Paul is saying, look, he's got good gifts that he's gonna bestow upon you, and the word grace is in, it is implied, it is in there, it is infused. These are the same gifts that will come like the gift of salvation. If we're sealed with the Holy Spirit and we have that doctrine of eternal security, where we know that it is not us, but it is he working through us, Paul is saying, I don't want you to be unaware. Look at verse number one. Now concerning being spiritual, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be unaware. And what I'm trying to say in 2021, I'm just taking the long way there, is the church is unaware of more grace-filled gifts that the Lord has for us. We're unaware. The very thing that he was concerned about we should be concerned about it. But it's two different perspectives. We, we could easily jump into chapter 12, and here's what I'm saying. Don't miss this. We could easily jump into chapter 12 and go, it's all about spiritual gifts. 
No, it's all about being spiritual. In other words, if you are not activating and active in spiritual gifts, you are not what? You are not spiritual. Thank you for that. Because he's saying, I don't want you to be unaware to what it means to be spiritual. And this is where, as a pastor, I'm like, we need to be encouraging people to live in their gifts more. Because that's what it means for Paul to be spiritual. We're just laying some groundwork here. But here's what also this means. It is not just the gifts that make someone spiritual, but how these gifts are used and applied. For him to use two different words is for him to say, I want you to understand what it means to be spiritual and applying these spiritual gifts. Do you understand what I'm saying? What good is it if you have and hold and are living in these without understanding the purpose for those gifts? Could it be that like, we're utilizing spiritual gifts in other areas of our life for our own success rather than the kingdom of God? And if we really believed that grace is unmerited favor, if we really believed that we receive salvation not of our doing but of his doing and that it's perfect and good in his sight, if we believe that, then we'll believe that about the gifts that the Lord gives us too. But unfortunately, we see Christians that, man, I was just born for sales. <laughs> yeah, I kill it. Or you're so good at like comforting people and being there for fill in the blank. The topic of the day on social media, you're there for it. I am there for it. I have so much mercy for all of these situations. But when it comes to the church, you're so consumed with what you've got going on in your own personal life that you've missed using your gift in the context of building up the body. So therefore, are you spiritual? Yes or no? Just because you have, man, that was, should I say yes? No, I don't know. <laughs> my, my point is, is just because you have gifts doesn't mean that you've got it and somebody else doesn't. That's why Paul used a different word. Concerning being spiritual. Okay, here's a, good, here's a story of talent. Bo was a two-sport terror out of Auburn University. He chose baseball as his primary sport, signing on with the Kansas City Royals, but negotiated a contract with the then L.A. Raiders that allowed him to join the team once baseball season was over. Can you imagine? As a baseball player, he quickly established himself as a player to watch. Okay, his batting average was a little low, but he could hit for power and had a speed component to his game. His defense was solid. Maybe not gold glove caliber, but he definitely had a good range and a strong arm. In football, his raw stats masked a little, but he was well on his way to a star career. The fact that he only played about two-thirds of a season and the fact that the guy ahead of him on the depth chart was a future Hall of Famer, Marcus Allen, couldn't totally disguise the fact that Bo could do amazing things on the football field with, as well. Many people felt he was an even better football player than a baseball player and hoped secretly or not so secretly that he would make football his primary focus so that we could see what he could do with a full season. But then in the 1991 playoffs with four seasons under his belt in both sports, it all came apart. On an awkward tackle by Cincinnati's Kevin Walter, Bo dislocated his hip, which later led to a complete hip replacement because the bone started to deteriorate and he was never the same again. Football career, over. Baseball career, he tried to come back but the speed was gone and he missed chunks of time when his hip issue would flare up. 
and he was gone from baseball by 1994. All the talent, did it lead to a successful career? No. Bo Jackson. How do you remember him? All the talent, all the gifts, all the abilities, but misused, misplaced, misguided. What came of it? Maybe if it was just football, I wonder what it would, wonder what his career would have been like. How many people, as we think back in the context of church, do you remember that person? They were so gifted. They were so gifted. They could talk. They could preach. They, oh, this is my favorite one. She could sing. She could sing. <laughs> we're, we're so enamored with gifts. As we lay this groundwork of the, for the Holy Spirit in this series here going to chapter 14, we have to separate the gifts from being spiritual. Because Paul did right out of the gate. Just because you're Bo Jackson and you're strong and you can hit and you can play both sports doesn't mean you what? Should. Michael Jordan probably shouldn't have played baseball. <laughs> I, I, know, I, I know it was something if we've watched Space Jam again, anybody? Just back with this because the LeBron one doesn't count. You know what I mean? Like the OG Space Jam is Space Jam. Anybody who watches LeBron more than they are forced to uh, should be beaten about the head and neck area. No, I'm kidding. Uh, not a fan. But here's, that was rough. <laughs> a little dark, sorry. <laughs> Getting back to the text. My, my point is, what is your point, Pastor? <laughs> we are so driven by this thing of the gift. They can play, they can sing, they love people well, they serve, they just connect with people. But where are they? But where did they go? Where they done been? We have got to stop celebrating gifts and start celebrating people that are spiritual. We, we've got to get to this place where we understand to discern the difference. If not, we are a church full of injured people that are sitting on the sidelines that are unable to use those gifts that God gave them, Bo Jackson. And, and that's what's happening. Why? Because we have highlighted, and we're going to get to this, but we've highlighted some gifts over the others. We put more pressure on some, and we let things slide from others, and we celebrate some while we never acknowledge the others. What a mistake when the Lord says, look, you need it all. We, we know that the body of Christ, look, trying to walk around with a broken toe, it hurts. But yet we act like we don't need toes when it comes to the servants of God. We are all the body of Christ. Look, this is, this is a real pandemic in the church. It is. If we, would, if we would just be concerned with about being spiritual and letting the gifts flush out where the Lord wants the gifts to flush out, we would see revival. I'm telling you. We, we would see the Lord do incredible, amazing things. He's, he's able to do what? Exceedingly above what we ask or think, but what we do is we rob him of that power and we say, no, we're gonna tell you what's good. We're gonna tell you what's exceedingly above. We're gonna say what's good and what what? Isn't. That's a problem. 
Now concerning being spiritual, Paul's got some parameters here. And look, we're just laying the groundwork today. We're going to get into this more, but my, my point is, just because you're talented and gifted in a certain area doesn't mean you're an automatic success. In fact, it could be a painfully hard thing for you to be successful because you get spread too thin and you try to do too much. I'm so, I, I know I've been gifted in this area and you feel like you have to do everything. Look, I, I understand that. I understand like seeing a mission and being consumed with these things and wanting to be involved in everything, but the whole crux, the whole point of this is that being spiritual is something that is the Lord's. It is that same spirit. We play the Holy Spirit. We play God in our own lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a real problem. And then I, I think too that just the overemphasis of some gifts over others, just, just because it's easy for me to use certain ones because we understand it, but I, I'll, I'll try to avoid that in this setting. But I think we've all seen it, right? You need, and I get it, like in a church plant environment like this one, like a sound guy or a, a person on the screens or a lead singer or a guitarist or whatever, look, sometimes they're hard to come by. So maybe even before someone is, is ready, we're like, yeah, plug them in. But what does that do to them? I must be what? I must be spiritual because I'm gifted. That's not what Paul is saying. And that's not what Paul is getting to. So this, this is a, it's a real problem. And so I, I hope to walk through some of these things as a church and maybe like hit the reset button, reestablish for all of us to kind of be on the same page. And some of y'all, look, you're taking it a little too slow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You've been coming a while, you're here, you know where your gifting is and you're hiding it, and I'm coming for you. I'm praying for the gift of discernment. Holy Spirit, give it to me right now. I'm gonna point them out. Tell me right now who they are. I know we got some sleeper cells in here, some folks that you got some gifts, and the Lord wants to use them, and you're just like, ah, and I get the hesitancy. You know, it's hard sometimes, but it's a good hard. It's a necessary hard. If we can just keep the focus here on the gospel, and know that what we do is tied to people coming to Jesus, we're gonna be okay, we're gonna make it through. So everybody take a deep breath right now. <gasps> and then exhale. <sighs> it's gonna be okay, I promise. Let me give you three things to recognize when pursuing spiritual, uh, spirituality biblically. These are three practical things. Look, how many want to pursue, okay, everything that we've set up to this point, maybe it touched on a part of your past. Maybe it touched on a part where you're like, yeah, I wanna change, I wanna be different. How many want to be spiritual in general? How many want to be a spiritual person? And I don't mean that like, you know, you're accepting of everything spiritual. That's not what I mean. How many want to be, from the Lord's perspective, a spiritual person? I mean, God, I, I want to be spiritual. Yeah. The physical world around us is a good gift from the Lord, but there's more. There's more there. We are spiritual beings. We are created as image bearers. And some of you, you've been suppressing that for one reason or another. You've been pushing it away. No, I don't want to feel. No, I don't want to, to talk about my spirituality because when I do, it's painful. And for some of you, it is painful. But listen, there's, 
There's grace for it, and there's victory beyond it if we'll dig in. So I, I just wanted to, as we lay this foundation, these first 11 verses, I want to give you three things to recognize when pursuing spirituality biblically. How many know that if it's important for us to pursue the Holy Spirit and spirituality, that the enemy is gonna work overtime to distract, to make it look like something that it's what? That it's not. You feel me? So we have to rightly discern what does it mean to pursue spirituality biblically? And and so hopefully this, this helps. Number one, the Holy Spirit, in, in just means of introduction here, setting it for next week, but the Holy Spirit is not a tool to accomplish a job, but a person to engage in a relationship. These three things are gonna be practical things for you to munch on, chew on, hopefully position you to be spiritual and exercise your spiritual gifts. But in order to do that, you have to realize the first thing here that I'm seeing is the Holy Spirit is not a tool to accomplish a job, but a person to engage in a relationship. It was a practice of the day. This is interesting. Well, let me show you. Look at verse number three. You got your Bibles open? Look at verse number three. Therefore, I want you to know, therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the who, No one speaking, (laughs) three of you. No one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is what? Cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So one thing that Paul is trying to get us to understand here right out of the gate of becoming spiritual is that he is a person. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is a person that wants a relationship, not a tool to accomplish a job. For every Baptist in the room, we're like, "Uh uh-uh. Don't think so. He's a tool. He's gonna show up when you need him and fix something, break something. He's a hammer, Holy Spirit. Think about how, wife, when you tell your husband, you're just a tool, how does that feel? It feels bad, guys, doesn't it? No one wants to be treated that way. I always talk about it the other way, right? Man, some of you husbands, that really hit a part. I saw some of your faces. You were like, (laughs) I hit a chord there, yeah. Imagine if your wife was like, you you tool. You're here to accomplish one purpose. And I could go so many different places with this. So many. But this isn't a stand-up comedy, even though I would like it to be right now in this moment, because I have jokes. But I'm going to refrain. I'm going to refrain. My point is, is that think about how you would feel in that moment. We have to do this. It's being spiritual. You're either numbing it or you're too much. We we need to balance this thing and go, what does it mean to be spiritual? Well, it first means that you treat the Holy Spirit like a person and not a tool. Show up, please. I need you to do this job. You know that relationships don't work that way. You know that when you call the friend just when you run out of gas, they're not really a friend. They're a coworker. Your wife, if you're only nice when you want something, it's not a relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't work that way. Well, sure it does. But it doesn't work well. Some of y'all need to come to grips with the fact that you're not a spiritual person. You just want access to spiritual tools. 
We could just park right there for the rest of the message. Do you understand? What is the purpose of this thing being spiritual? Well, the purpose is to introduce you to someone, to have a relationship with, to go, Holy Spirit of God, I wanna talk to you. It's okay to pray to him. It's okay to have a conversation, not when you need something, but when you don't, when you just wanna be in his presence. And there's just times that in, in recent, recent days, I just get my guitar and I sit in my office and I sit in his presence and we talk. And we have conversation. Why? Because it's a relationship. He's a person. And when you sing those songs, when you access something there and you just know that he's there in the room, in worship, when we, that, that second song, it's, he's there. We've got to do that again. Why? Because it's a relationship. It's spiritual. We've got to stop treating him like a tool for a job and start talking to him like a real person. Number two, the Holy Spirit is God and bears witness to the other members of the Godhead. Now this is for those that are maybe on the other end. You know, it's, it's all about the Holy Spirit and I believe that there's an unhealthy balance. Excuse me? Yeah. Why? Because listen, once again, scripture, this is what is important, yes? This is the final what? Authority. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is it. Someone can convince or make you feel one way or another, but what really matters is what the Bible says. Okay, here's what the Bible says. Verse number 26 of John 14, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything what I have told you. The Holy Spirit, number two, in real life, number two, number two, <laughs> Number two in realizing, laying the foundation here, the Holy Spirit is God and bears witness to the other members of the Godhead. Jesus said, he's gonna remind you of what what? I said. So when we say simply Jesus, it's consistent. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is showing up on the scene as the invisible member to point to who? Jesus. Hey, let, let me tell you what he's saying. Let me tell you what he means. The Holy Spirit doesn't like to talk about himself. Who does he like to talk about? Some of y'all are really uncomfortable saying that. And so that means I'm going to say it again. The Holy Spirit doesn't like to talk about himself. He likes to talk about who? Jesus. He's going to bear witness of everything that I've told you. You see, there's a member of the Godhead that put himself on public display. Public display. At the name of who? Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But when we understand that God is in the community of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God is the active agent, the personal representative, bearing witness in our hearts of who Jesus is. That's how it works. You feel me? Yeah, good, great. <laughs> The Trinity is a beautiful picture, I love this, of peace and unity. We are a part of that union through the Holy Spirit of God, but he is a part of the whole. One thing that we could really get sideways on when we dive into this topic of the Holy Spirit is to focus on him only when we're studying him because he doesn't do that. Do you hear me? He doesn't do that. He operates as a part of the what? Of the whole. He's working in tandem with the Father and the Son. Do you see that? 
And even in Paul's writing, the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. Here's, here's one other thing I, I wanted to uh, I want to share with you. I, I didn't say this in the beginning, but in this day and age, think about like the Olympics right now, right? You know, that's like an ancient thing. That's been going on for a while, right? The, the games and the Olympics and all that. And when you consider like ancient Greece, Corinth, the Las Vegas of the ancient world, there was a lot of competition. There was a lot of games. And one thing that was, when I was reading like historically the perspective of this, one thing that was common was to say like to other people that had another God, my God is going to prevent you from winning. So that's really what Paul, uh, I think the commentators are right when they say no person who is spiritual says Jesus is accursed. The, the language, it's a little lost in translation, but when you look at the Greek, it's really saying no person that has Jesus as their God uses them to curse what? Other people. It's like saying we're, we're in a race and I'm about to take off against somebody. Hey, Jesus is gonna make you fall. That's what they, they had their gods as, as a tool, as a member that would use them to get a leg up. Guys, this is, not, this is not what Paul wants. This is not his intent. This isn't a leg up. When you look at the behavior that we are supposed to bring into our hearts and into our lives, we're supposed to love our enemies, help others, bring unity. That's what Jesus does through who? Through who? The Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. Ain't nobody like saying Jesus is gonna make you fall. That's what he's saying. Now, put that in our context. Put that in our minds. Are we like just actively using Jesus and our God and the Holy Spirit in ways that only benefit us? There's no room for that. What have your prayers looked like over the last two weeks? Has it all been for you? Has it all been, Lord, help me this, give me that? Really what that means in 2021 is that you're in your prayer closet saying, my God's gonna give me that promotion. My God's gonna cause you to fall. And, and As long as we say it in our prayer closets to the Lord, it's okay. That's how we do it today in 2021. Am I right or am I wrong? That's Christianese. Just look at your prayer lives. We're, we're, we're too busy posting a, something spiritual on our Facebooks because that's when it's okay. If I post something spiritual on my Facebook, then I can trash talk at work because I prayed about it. That makes so much sense. Lord, I prayed about it. I think you gifted her more than me. <laughs> Look, we, we gotta be, we have to be honest with ourselves. If you want to be a spiritual person, you got to cut all that garbage out. This is about you and God and the relationship that he wants with you. Not about the, the garbage comparison that happens in 2021. Okay, I digress. Shut it down. The Holy Spirit is, a, is not a tool to accomplish a job, but a person to engage in a relationship with. Some of you, that's enough for you today. You've not prayed to him or treated him like a person in a really long time. Take that to heart. Number two, the Holy Spirit is God. He bears witness to the other members of the Godhead. Number three, the Holy Spirit, here's the last thing I see, really in, in verse number uh, four on through 11, the Holy Spirit gives individual gifts for the collective purpose of the body. And this really, 
like launches us into next week's study. We see that our lives should be driven by a, what does he say? Common good. Don't miss this in the text. Our lives should be driven by a common good. What is this good? There is no room for us to pursue a life apart from the gospel. Would you agree, yes or no? Thank you, Miss Grace. There's no room for any of you to pursue a life that is apart from the gospel. What does this boil down to? Like, what, what's, what's the substance here? Okay, he's a person. Okay, he's working as a member of the Godhead, not just on his own. Well, well where he's working is he wants you to do something for the body. You know where that doesn't fit in 2021? Because it's all about self-love and everything I need and everything that I just, in this moment, I need to be this, I need to be present. I mean, I could just like sit here for like hours and talk about how we're so self-absorbed in 2021. Our goals, our financial goals are wrapped up in ourselves. Our goals for our children are wrapped up in ourselves. Our ministry goals are even wrapped up in us and in ourselves. And, and Paul is saying, listen, the Holy Spirit of God gives gifts for the common what? Good. That alone should be a reset button for many of us to go, okay, this isn't just about who. It's not just about me. The introduction of this set of sermons on becoming spiritual and specifically how the Holy Spirit works in that endeavor first has us realizing that we are not spiritual for bettering ourselves. Listen to this. We are not spiritual for bettering ourselves independently in an effort to spread good in the world, but rather become spiritual beings by discovering the charisma or the gifts that the Holy Spirit gave us as it pertains to the purpose of the body of Christ. That's what Paul is getting at. Can we acknowledge the futile attempt of people to try and pass their good on to the world when it is only laced with self-righteous intentions. We have an opportunity to access supernatural gifts, to build a supernatural kingdom that will never fail. Where does this land us? Where does this place us in our study for the Holy Spirit? Well, it, number three is this. The Holy Spirit gives individual gifts for the collective purpose of the body. There is no room for this self-exalting, self-righteous behavior of I'm just a good person. That's just who I am. I'm a really good person. Just ask anyone at work and they'll tell you. I'm a really good person. Could it be that you're spreading like humanist ideologies? What does it mean to be spiritual? Well, it just means to be a good person. No, no it doesn't. It actually means to use what the Holy Spirit has given you for the collective good of the body of Christ. That could mean doing something that offends someone else for the collective body of, of Christ. Maybe the Lord gave you a gift that you have refused to use because it makes you the bad guy and not the good guy. But maybe it's exactly what the church needs to hear. We're missing it. That's my point. As we lay the foundation for this study, when I read what Paul is saying, he's like, look, you think he's saying something popular for this church? Has anything of 1 Corinthians been popular yet? 
No, they didn't want to hear from him. They're like, can we get Apollos back, please? That dude can preach. I don't care about what Paul has to say. That's what they were saying in chapter one. Do you remember? Some Apollos, some Cephas, get Paul out of here. We don't want to hear that guy. <laughs> he just makes me feel bad, really bad about who I am. We need this today. We need this in the here and the now. And you don't believe me? Just look at the world. It's all about what I need. I'm just going to separate myself from those people right now. I just can't take it. Look, I'm just trying to echo you where our mentality is in 2021 as the church. And the Holy Spirit of God is saying, no, don't walk away. No, I put you right where I want you. And, and we got some good gifts that, that are going to work. You just have to let me work. You just got to let me do. You got to get what? Out of the way and let the gift work. But that's uncomfortable. It's okay. It's for the common good. It's not about what? You. This goes both ways. For those that have a talent and for those that are not saying things that should be said. The Bible says the wounds of a friend are faithful. But the kisses of an enemy are what? Deceitful, Proverbs says. The church isn't here to make you feel good. The church is here to reach the lost. The church is here to build your family. And some of you need to hear of what really is toxic towards your children. Of what really is damaging in the household. Of what fornication, which is what Paul has preached about, really does in a relationship. You just need a good dose of scripture and letting the Holy Spirit work in your life. Hey, those are three things that I see as we begin this study, as we talk about spiritual gifts, we have to lay the groundwork for the Holy Spirit, and I hope that's what today was. We're just getting started. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for watching and joining us for our church online. I pray this experience was just what you needed today. If you made a decision for the Lord to follow Christ, or if the Lord did something in your heart that was special today, we would love to hear about it. Post it in the comments, send us a message, and we'll reach out to you. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.